Hello everyone and welcome to What Gets You Cooking. My name is Virginie and I'm your host on the podcast. My goal is to bring you a new episode every other Friday with different perspectives on cooking, from an expert, a nonprofit, a family, or sharing my point of view on the benefits of cooking. I want to welcome you to a community of families who want to nourish their bodies and minds to lead a balanced life. Hello, Jonas, and thank you for joining us on What Gets You Cooking today. I am very happy to have you. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I uh, want to have you tell us, um, how did you get started with your project, the Grandma's Project? Um, so almost 15 years ago, uh, I graduated from a sociology university in Paris, and I wanted to start making documentary films. And the first idea that I had uh, was to make a film about my two grandmothers. Uh, one was an Egyptian, or is still actually an Egyptian uh, Jew. That's my dad's mom. And my mom's mom uh, was a, a Polish Jew. And uh, I was quite fascinated by the, the mix of cultures that I had within my family. And so I wanted to, by, by making a double portrait, uh, kind of investigate my, my family's history. Uh, and from that point, I quickly discovered that most uh, stories could or were related to cooking at some point, uh, even though we weren't necessarily discussing just cooking, but it was a great uh, entry point. And, uh, and that was the first step of the whole project. And then I had to kind of uh, uh, put that project on hold because I, I moved to the U.S. for studying. And also, while I was uh, in the U.S., one of my grandma passed, passed away. Um, and so only maybe six or seven years later, I, I reconsidered my project. Uh, and I figured that even though I couldn't make the film that I wanted to make with my two grandmothers, I could uh, do something a bit more collaborative uh, and also web-based. And, so and also, I was just uh, finishing a film school in New York. So I, I started inviting other filmmakers to make short films about their own grandmothers. Uh, again, starting with the transmission of a recipe and, and putting all those uh, recipes and films together on the platform. That's a really cool project. Uh, I see a lot of similarities in the, the reasoning of why you uh, wanted to do this project and uh, my own podcast. And, uh, and I find it really, uh, really amazing to talk about all that heritage, both cultural and um, generational, because that's something that we don't tend to talk about nowadays. And, um, and I'm happy to see that you even got uh, a UNESCO prize in 2016 for raising awareness in the general public for that cultural her heritage. That was, uh, that was really amazing. How, how did that happen? Can you tell us more about it? Uh, well, really right when I started conceiving the new uh, phase of the project, which was that collaborative web-based uh, aspect of it, I really directly thought that if I was able to bring together or put together recipes and stories from grandmas from all over the world, this would kind of constitute some piece of uh, world heritage or cultural heritage you know i imagine that maybe it wouldn't be so hard to knock on unesco's door and ask for some kind of uh, encouragement maybe but then i discovered that no it's not that simple and it's actually a lot of uh, paperwork mostly uh, so i had to be very patient it took close to two years from the moment i started the process for, until the moment when i got that letter oh wow uh, 
saying that I had the patronage. I had to chase chase down a, a, an alley, the world director of UNESCO, uh, because I knew she was giving a conference in Paris. So I waited for her to go out of the of the room, and I I kind of you know directly went at her and passed by her assistant and asked her for two minutes of her time. So I pitched the project. She gave me her card. I emailed her in the next uh, few days, and then you know from then I kind of put my put my foot in the doorstep and uh, but still you know it was a very very lengthy process yeah well that's uh that's really impressive i am um i i have to say that um you know talking to uh, a lot of people on the podcast either people being chef or just people loving to cook and being involved in uh, either farmers markets or cooking classes for people that's um very often it's you know it comes from your family it comes from um moms and it comes from uh, grandmothers that love of cooking and uh, and sharing the food that we make so um i'm happy that uh, you can document it in a video uh, form i think it's uh it's just easier for people to get engaged and i'm i'm really happy that um you decided to go on with that project thank you and um on um more personal note what um aside from your grandma's what's uh what's really your inspiration like when you cook at home what what do you uh what do you look at what's your favorite way to uh to cook like do you need quiet do you have uh do you like to follow a recipe what would you say is your favorite um so my favorite is definitely uh, music on and a glass of wine yeah. Uh, but nowadays, because I have uh, three kids and one baby, I mean, three kids, including a baby, a one-year-old baby, uh, I don't have that quietness. That I used to have. <laughs> um, so I have less glass of wine uh, and I still have the music on mostly. I usually cook when they're uh, up and kind of running around me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're very used to see me cooking and I like to make them taste or maybe like my son taught him how to peel uh, a carrot when he was maybe two or two and a half. Uh, so they helped me, you know, peeling mostly. Uh, I don't let them cut yet. They're five and four, the biggest one. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not a big recipe guy. I, I prefer to go to my uh, organic market and pick the seasonal, uh, you know, veggies and whatever I find. And as I make my grocery shopping, I kind of, it makes me think of mix that I think could match. Uh, so m- that's most of my uh, cooking. And then I would say a minority of my cooking is me asking uh, either my grandma or my wife's grandma when I want to do something very specific. And these days, I must say, with the lockdown and everything, uh, I, I started doing more stuff of my grandma, actually. Yeah, yeah, because I think that we, uh, we all feel that, uh, that connection and the time that we spend in our house... I feel I feel the same. I understand that um, wanting to uh, to go back to uh, some kind of fruits and doing uh, doing something that you really liked when you were. Um... Also, we had more time. You know, the, the thing mm-hmm. is that for the last two months and a half, we were at home with our kids, uh, cooking all our meals. No restaurants, no no, no delivery or whatever. So at some point, you kind of uh, you've you've made your classical recipes twice or three times. And you want to try something else. And so you ask for recipes around you. So obviously we ask our grandmas, we ask uh, some of our friends. Uh, and we looked again at, at uh, some of the recipe book that we had at home and never really opened or very, very rarely. 
so that time at home actually gave us an opportunity to really explore new stuff and uh, start you know new technique, new cuisines. It was great. I, I love that part of it. What's your favorite new recipe that you tried during the the quarantine? Mm. Uh, well, just today I did. Uh, it's not a meal. It's really just a kind of a sauce, which is called tahina. It's mm -hmm. based on tahin, the tahin paste that you kind of uh, add uh, lemon, or at least my grandma taught me that you put lemon, garlic. I'm not sure how you say eschalot in English. Shallots. Shallots. There you go. Some salt and some uh, tempered water from that paste. It, it gives you something much more liquid and it's just delicious. And you can really use it with pretty much everything from a salad to uh, grilled fish, uh, sausages. You know, it, it really works with so many, so many things. And I'm just happy that and it's so simple also. So I was just happy to kind of make that step and, and you know, acquire in a way that uh, that very useful technique and delicious technique yeah sometimes it doesn't have to be complicated it's really about um making it appealing to your different senses like yeah. um adding some herbs adding some spices or uh, also, or yeah. sauce makes yeah. all the difference yeah i also made a homemade uh, pesto sauce <laughs> because we started growing uh, basil on our on our uh, little balcony on our window because we live in Paris in an apartment where we have no garden. Yeah. But uh, just, you know, cutting our own basil leaves and making fresh homemade pesto is really like a huge, I uh, really encourage your your listeners to try that because it's so simple. Again, it's really just mostly mixing and blending like four ingredients and it's just so tasteful. You know, it's delicious. Yeah, I, I agree. We uh, we tend to do that one too because it's quick, it's easy, doesn't uh, require a ton of ingredients and uh, and kids love pasta. So yeah. <laughs> that's always a winner. Yeah. Now I've asked you about how you cook and uh, I want to ask you a, a little bit more about really the project. So you said that you launched it thinking about your own grandmother and kind of expanded it to go all around the world and find filmmakers who would film their own grandmothers. And um, I was just curious, how many how many movies do you have at the moment? How many people uh, recorded um, those recipes? So right now there are 12 films on our, and recipes on our website. There's a 13 one uh, that we don't have on our website because it's longer. All the films last around eight minutes, but there one filmmaker couldn't make it an eight minute piece uh, so it's a 17 minute piece and we keep it for festivals mostly and mm -hmm. special screenings but on the website itself there are 12 films and right now we've just finished an application process to receive more uh, filmmakers uh, proposals and we were supposed to start production of 10 more films this spring and obviously we had to postpone it because of the of the covid crisis but Uh, I really hope that by the end of the summer, uh, those 10 filmmakers can go back to their grandmas and start filming. So ideally, by maybe January 2021, we'll have uh, 10 more films and recipes. Oh, great. Yeah. And do you, um, do you plan on uh, continuing to, um, to do that over the years? Or? Definitely, uh, because I, don't, I, don't, I, I, I really want to have the feeling that we explored all areas of the globe and I can't say that we have uh, right I mean obviously we'll we never will never be exhaustive and we'll never have covered uh, all cultures or all even countries 
But even after those uh, next films, we won't have any films from Japan. We won't have any films from uh, Sub-Saharan Africa. So, mm -hmm. you know, we do have a, a film from India. We have a film from Brazil. We have several films from the U.S., several films from, from France, from North Africa, from Eastern Europe. But I still have the, the desire to really make more films from more cultures, more regions, really. And do you, um, do you have a lot of proposals coming in? For this cycle, uh, we received uh, 100 and 115 applications and picked 10. And we had a jury. Uh, for That was the case for the previous round and for this round of two. I asked a few people that I love and whose work I admire uh, to be part of the jury. Uh, from the U.S., I can mention Elise McCabe, who's uh, right now head of films at Kickstarter mm -hmm. uh, and who had a brilliant career uh, in the film industry in, in Europe before that. Um, and so they, the jury actually gives uh, the ranking of their best applications. And the only thing that I did was to decide how many films I would pick from their top 20, basically. So the jury established a top 20 application batch. And I just had to decide whether we would make six, seven, eight, nine, or ten films, and I decided to go with ten. Okay, great. So you talked about a little bit of how you and your family cook together, and how you cook around your kids. And I'm, um, I'm curious, what do you find is the the easiest to cook uh, around children, and what's uh, what's maybe the most difficult? Mm, well, I guess I love I love the idea that. They don't just see the final result in their plate, but they have a feeling and an understanding of what was put into that recipe. Like, was it long? Was it short? Did it involve some uh, cooking in the oven or on, on a pan? Or was it just raw? Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I, I figure that the more they understand that, the more open they are to uh, tasting stuff Yeah, I think it's very different when you taste something and don't have a clue about what it is or how, how it was made from where it comes from. So that part I definitely love. And also I love, again, that they taste, uh, they see you know, me chopping some herbs, they see me peeling a new vegetable. So I, I can already try to prepare them to do a new flavor if it's something new, which is cool. I guess the only downside I would Think I could think of is just the danger aspect of it. Like you know, earlier I made some falafels, so the I was frying some. Mm -hmm. There was like an oil splashing all around, and I wasn't feeling super comfortable with them uh, being so close. And same goes with when I open my oven and it's super hot. I'm always a bit scared that they would spontaneously like run or yeah, yeah. But really, I mean, so far you know. So good. We haven't had any problems in that uh, regard. So, and again, I'm, I'm not taking any risks, right? I, I really am super cautious. That's the only thing, I guess. No, I agree. I think it's um, it's really important to uh, to have them see and smell and want to try things before it's all put together. It's kind of, I think, create a, a, the understanding of what you talked about earlier when you said that you were going to the farmer's market and just being able to see what's there and pick out what's appealing because you know it's going to all fit together. I think that's, um, that's how it comes to you. If you haven't witnessed it growing up, I think it's more, much more difficult to, uh, to have that kind of skill. Definitely. And the pleasure as well, you know, like they, they witness the pleasure that I have to cook for them or to cook, just cook, you know. I'm pretty sure that uh, by witnessing my 
love for it, they will more easily connect with some love of them for that. You know, I hope that they will. Yeah, and uh, going back to your own childhood, what uh, what do you remember? What um, what really struck with you? Were you cooking with uh, your parents, with your grandparents? I don't have so many cooking memories uh, in the sense that, like, I don't like our we have our kids, you know, make cake with us or peel vegetables with us. I don't recall any stuff like that, but I do remember uh, being at my grandmother's houses and uh, smelling, you know, smelling. Also because, as I said earlier, my two grandmas come from very different cultures, one from Poland, the other one from Egypt, and I'm, I was raised in France. By going to their places, already the smell coming from the kitchen, I don't know, the energy, the, the chemistry in the air was different. So I loved uh, I loved that feeling, you know, of just uh, smelling things being baked or being fried or whatever. So that's, that's most of the, my great memories that I have from childhood. And uh, how, what does it bring you to share that food with the people you share it with? Like maybe do you have friends regularly, mm. like in normal times or family? Or do you like, you know, to do maybe potlucks or picnics? What's, um, when you share your food outside of your immediate family, what, uh, who do you share it with? What I enjoy the most is uh, meeting or gathering with some of my friends that I know are very gourmand, another French word that I don't know how to translate. Yeah, just just foodie or food lovers. It's uh, Yeah, gourmand is... Um... It's a difficult one, right? Yeah. Well, so basically, <laughs> those of my friends who love eating, yeah. they basically love eating, they, but they love eating great food. They, you know, they, the friend that I, I'm thinking of right now like she, she's the same as me. Like when she goes to bed in the evening, she already thinks of what she'll have in the for breakfast in the morning. And I'm just the same. And from you know one meal to another, I already enjoy the idea that I will have another meal in a few hours. <laughs> and so I have a few few friends like that. And and I especially love having them over or eating with them or going to a market with them because there is this common ex excitement. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So I love that part. I think yeah, that's a that's a great uh, a great energy for people who um, who share the same passion around food to be around and and share food with. So you just said that uh, for the Grandma Project, you just finished the round two of application. And um, what? Uh, how can people connect to uh, to look at what's already been done and what uh, what you will publish probably in. Um, in the winter of 2020 or that beginning of 2021? So it's all on our website, grandmasproject.org. And on our, we're also active on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's always Grandmas Project. It's very easy to find us. And pretty soon we'll start uh, releasing, you know, just bits of the stories of the next or the upcoming films, uh, giving some background information on the, on the directors and the grandmas and where they come from and, what recipe will be in the films. And, and of course, there are the 12 films of season one. 
which we call season one. So yeah, no, it's quite easy to find this grandmas project. Like now, normally, if you just type grandmas project on on any search engine, you'll you'll find this. All right, I'll add, I'll add all the links on the on the in the podcast notes as well. Cool, thanks. I was curious about um, the support that uh, you are looking for. Can people still support the project even if the um, the round two is closed? Oh yeah, for sure. No, no. <laughs> oh yeah, please, <laughs> please do. No, no, we, we just, uh, I, I won't enter that discussion maybe with you, but we've had uh, only closed doors from uh, regular financing institutions mm -hmm. uh, because our project is very hybrid in the sense that it doesn't really fit any place. Yeah. Uh, so we did two Kickstarter campaigns and uh, we've developed the project just with that money, which is great, obviously, because we could do it, but it's very little compared to what we're, we're, we would be supposed to or what I would love to be able to do in terms of really supporting the filmmakers, really overachieving in terms of production. Uh, we could do more also, you know, putting more money into outreach and PR and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So um, the more support we get, also the more leverage we have to make more films, more seasons, more seasons, etc. So no, no, no. And on our website, there's a donate button that uh, links back to our uh, PayPal button to a PayPal account, and we we do have a few people who support us on a monthly basis, which is great. Yeah, that's always uh, helpful. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, you know, it's still very much ongoing. All right. Um, what would be what would be your um, like simple tip if you had something to share about uh, about your cooking, or maybe something about your favorite ingredient of the moment? Hmm. My, my, so let's let's share. A, it's not a tip really that I want to share. It's more like a word of wisdom that I got from my grandma, uh -huh. which is that uh, cooking takes time. Yeah. And uh, it's just like actually by saving time for cooking, it's actually not time that you lose. It's really time and much more that you win or that you earn. Uh, so I think that, you know, just skipping or pushing away Uh, fast food or like prepared food i mean not that i obviously you know i, I do order food uh, regularly but i the more i cook the more I, i spend time cooking really the happier i get uh and i think that people generally uh will enjoy understanding that cooking does take time and that uh, is just a joy and and that uh, people that who receive the food also receive that joy and receive that time Yeah, absolutely. I think that's very true. Um, all the research that you can see about that is um, is pointing towards the same thing. Well, I didn't know there was research on that subject, but I'm yeah, the mm -hmm. yeah, better. there is research linking um, cooking and um, and kind of talking about cooking as a therapy or as a meditation mm -hmm. and um, bringing you the the same kind of benefits. You know, more more happiness, a more balanced life, or less stress is actually what I'm trying to say. Mm. Cool. So yeah. All right. Well, I want to thank you very much for being with us, Jonas, today, and thank you everyone for listening. Thank you. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode of What Gets You Cooking. If you liked it, review it on Apple Podcasts so more people will be able to find it. That's the best way to support it. Thank you again and don't forget to have fun in your kitchen. Talk to you in a couple of weeks. Bye!